Hi, everybody, and welcome to Discussions on Christianity, Episode 7. I have with me today uh, Mr. Jared Murphy, and he's a friend of mine, uh, and we're going to be doing a talk on Satan and the Demiurge. Um, the Demiurge, if you don't know about it, is basically an evil entity that has supposedly created this universe in the Gnostic traditions. Um, there are certain Gnostic texts that talk about this, um, specifically the Barbalos and things like that. Um, if you have read the Gospel of Judas, which is a very interesting text that got recently discovered, um, but hmm. it's also very, it's, it's a very interesting topic because there are things that go into heretical values um, and specifically um, there was a church father named Irenaeus who lived in the second century who wrote okay. a book on heresies and specifically talked about the Demiurge and, um, well, the Gnostic traditions of a good God and an evil God, and specifically why he disagreed with that. Um, what are your thoughts on the Demiurge? Yeah, um, so what I know about this stuff, I'm fairly new um, to like the world of spirituality, but um, my interpretation of the Demiurge is that it's like a, not a physical thing. It's more like a, you know, like a application system or like a software that's it's been running in the background uh, along with a, a, a good version of this, of a software, right? So I think that that stuff's been here longer than us. And my interpretation is that maybe you, you could call it artificial intelligence i guess but it is yeah it's just this creator of the physical world and uh kind of maybe has this trapped here in a way yeah that is another aspect that specifically the gnostic traditions talk about is being trapped within uh this realm and the demiurge basically trapping souls now i have a little bit of a different thought on this um i like to look at nature around us to try and understand creation better so, yeah yeah so one of the things that i really like to think about is the nature of light and water because uh we okay. have we have um from the book of genesis anyways in the beginning we have basically the face of the face of god hovering over the waters and there was darkness and then he spoke, said, let there be light, and the light was good, and then there was light, and there was, the light was separated from the darkness, and there was light and dark on the first day. So, um, light, when it is put through water, what does it do? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you there, Jared? Yeah, yeah, I okay. myself. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, it, I mean, it propagates it, right? So yeah, it it refracts it, it bends it, right? Could not think of the word, right? Yeah. So when that light is bent through the water, uh, you will get the the rainbow, obviously. Right. Um, but what will happen is there will be parts of that light that will speed up or slow down, you know, depending on what medium it's going through. And that light can bend and bend more as it goes deeper and deeper into the water. Right. It gets so, denser, essentially, right? 
so what I see, like, um, where some people would say, oh, there's balance, you know, there has to be balance, a good, a good God and an evil God. Um, I would actually say that there is only one source, which is light. And then what is reflected at the bottom of the waters is a twisted image of that same light. I like that. So I like that. It, it is it is a being, but at the same time, it is it's not. It's trying to be God because it's it's a reflection. It's not the real thing. Right now, let me ask you a question. So, does which which reality are we in? Are we in the reflected? Or are we in the? I think that we're, uh, we're part the... of the reflection. Right. I think again, a simulated universe or a created universe would all talk of all the news you know lately yeah yes um but we are created we are creations now i think that we have the potential to be more but i think that we are personally going through a trial phase (laughs) if you want to call it that i like that so yeah i like that a lot um uh, I had a thought. What did you say right before the trial phase? <clears throat> um, what were you talking about um, the reflection and how we're reflections? Yeah. Oh, I had something. It'll come to me in a minute. So if I'm trying to think of how to put this, I guess that in a way exp- explains like non-locality, right? Like maybe our consciousness is coming from that source. And depending on basically how deep we go in the waters, how deep our reflection goes is how deeply we get twisted. Or in the C.S. Lewis term, bent. I like his term. I like that. Yeah, because that speaks on many levels. Like you can take that literally or you can take that as like getting lost in a spiritual way or losing your uh your path whatever i like that Mm -hmm. sinking into the waters yeah i like that uh yeah i agree with sure um my only question is like it just it reminds me of fallen angels right Mm -hmm. so is that like uh you think maybe that's a, a metaphor for our consciousness no, I think that's a thing that actually happened. I think that there were that there are entities that were made before us. Um, yeah, and that they are given free will just like we are given free will. Um, okay. There is a book, the the Book of Enoch, which is um, yeah, not in the standard Bible, at least for the Protestant Bible, anyways. Um, I'm sure, yeah. But it is it specifically talks about, and I think it should be included in the Bible in any case because it's referenced in multiple books and by multiple authors in the New Testament. But that's a side Ooh. note. Um, but it talks about the angels having their own will and then having their own lust after the women of the sons of men. Oh, I I guess I'm not familiar with that. That's crazy. Yeah. So it talks about how. The, there was a group of originally nine angels um, who plotted to 
basically take human women and get them pregnant. Um, and they created the, what was called the Nephilim. Right. Right. Which were like demi-humans. Right. Think like Hercules or things like that. Is that where the uh, phrase daughters of, uh, daughters of men come from? Where that comes from? I think so, actually. I think, because I've heard also, I'm sure it was probably from Ani, uh, that that's, that means uh, decay left over from radioactive matter or something, or radioactive decay. Hmm. In a, I, yeah, yeah, I just, I, in my mind is either Dave or him saying it, I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any follow-up to that, I was just hoping. I just remember that little phrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, CS yeah, like actually that. likes to use the uh, sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, daughters of Eve phrase. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, do you, the book of Enoch, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with that, right? But is the Demiurge mentioned in there at all? Uh, not really. It... It, it's it's much more of a standard um, Hebrew prophet style writing. Okay. Okay. Where basically, the names, the orders of the angels are mentioned, as well as um, the different kinds and the story of how they fell and the punishment okay. that was due to them for that. Okay. Does that match the traditional? Because I'm I'm somewhat familiar with the Book of Enoch, but like I'm kind of new, so I yeah it does you know. it does match the traditional biblical values. Um, it doesn't have any um, we'll say Gnostic ideas that lean towards heresy, anyways, um, such as like the Demiurge and some of the other texts. Um, but it is. It was dropped out of the King James Version of the Bible in about right. 1800, I think. Right. Now, who made that call, I wonder? Do you know that? Like... It, was, it was a council of people, I think, as part of the Anglican Church, or... Uh, don't quote me on that one. But it was a council of people that did, and they took 14 books out of the Bible. Um, it was originally 80 books, and they dropped it down to 66. And those 14 books are still in the Catholic Bible, uh, and they're called the right. Apocrypha. In okay, yeah, that's super. Uh, I don't know. It's just wild to me that someone can make that call for everyone. Uh, but so when we're talking about this demiurge. Do you think that it's a physical, like, is it something we physically can interact with, or do you think it's both? I, I tend to think it's both. Oh, yeah, I think it's, it's something it can be very much so has will of its own. Right, okay, yeah. So, like, in my mind, most interactions with that, they don't even necessarily have to have, like, religious overtones, right? Like, I've had some wild experiences, but I think you provide the lexicon, for like how it communicates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what we see, if what practice, yeah, or whatever your books are, it's going to attach to that. Yeah, it's kind of like what we see is a reflection of the darkness within us, kind of thing. Right. So, 
maybe this is what I was going to say earlier. When you're talking about darkness and light, mm -hmm. so darkness is just like infinite potential then. I would say right. That, so if it, I would say it's a level of energy. So like, okay. think about it this way: if you go into a cave down in the bottom of the earth and you have no light whatsoever, it's completely pitch black dark. There is still infrared light being emitted by both yourself, um, latent heat from the rocks. Um, so there is still an electromagnetic light that's coming out. It's just below what we can see. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, like, I can see. And then white light would be above what we can see. Right. So okay. it's kind of a thing where the darkness is never really an absence of light. It's just the lowest right. possible level kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. You know, cause like, it's just, uh, uh, oh, sorry, it's just like almost a different stasis. Like, uh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like how a photon will take every possible path before it's observed kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of photons lately, I'm under the impression that maybe they're not necessarily coming from somewhere. Maybe they're just chilling like a pixel, like waiting to waiting to turn on. Like, and I think self-awareness might be the key to that. Like, you know, people say if you flip your dude you can change your reality and all that like yeah i find it to be true and i think and these are just weird little moments i've had meditating but i keep getting this little flash that photons or phonons they have something to do with that and that maybe maybe they're here already just waiting to be activated anyway mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting because um we were discussing the other day about the uh kazimov uh um is he a doctor? Yeah. Is he a doctor? I think so. Dr. The Russian Kazimov, dude. A Russian we'll get scientist. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. um, basically, one of the things that really struck me from uh, the video that we were watching is the fact that he could detect the torsion of the photon in yeah. both the past, the present, and the future of where the star would be. And it's just, so it's just it goes to show you how time is not what we see it as, and the nature of time is more of a river where we're going along with the flow, whereas yeah. God can see the whole river. Right, it's that fourth dimensional chess. Yeah, it can all be. It's all the same thing, as or it's different rungs on the same ladder, or however you want to try to use it. Uh, or explain it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very interesting dealing with time, especially time in the Bible. Um, okay. There's a specific verse, um, Second Peter, it's in Second Peter 3, I believe, um, where Peter says, um, to the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. Right. So right. it is a very much so we do not understand the nature of time. As Truly, as, it's a theory of relativity, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially when we talk about like revelation or prophecy, those people yeah. are going into the mental realm or the spiritual realm, however you want to think about it. And time is different there.
So like a seven day period doesn't mean a seven twenty four hour day period. <laughs> in the yeah, it's just world. like a, it's a cardinal direction for them, yeah. right? Like you can head up north two miles and then head back two weeks, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Yeah, those, those would be yeah. directions, right? And that's incredible. It's like one of those things I can kind of uh, on like a flat level understand, but I can't quite wrap my mind around it. It's yeah, wild. It is it is insane. And considering how limited we are, even trying to understand it is difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I know, I, I know that time, they say it's not real and I know that it's not we, as we perceive it, but I still haven't figured out that mechanism to perceive it any other way. <laughs> That's true enough. Let me know figures that out yeah <laughs> yeah i think that would be a big discovery <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, so back to the um satan aspect um oh yeah so i think this is exactly why satan is um it so satan the, the term means the adversary or the opponent right um so i think that this is why Satan is the adversary or the opponent. It is because he is the bent, twisted reflection of the one that wants to do good for us. Yeah, like our, our reality is like a double-sided two-way mirror or three-dimensional mirror, mm -hmm. two-way dimensional mirror or something. And it's, yeah, I can see that. But ultimately, that's kind of a difficult game to be playing if you're on the underside of that reality I guess maybe we can talk about how different ways that so if we're being projected from up here mm -hmm. what is what has to be done down here to make us screw up and I'm not saying I have the answer in any capacity I've done some dumb things in my life but like we all I think that's where the the maybe truth I guess here is what I'm thinking right now truth comes from here right mm -hmm. and then down here the manipulation of our reality in a way maybe i don't know that's a basic way to say it it actually um it actually mirrors the as above so as above so below principle i'm assuming yeah. you know about that yes sir okay so um there's different ways to look at as above so below and one of those ways is actually to look at the stars um yeah so when we look at our stars, we can see that we have a north, uh, north star over top of our north, at least geographic pole right now. Um, and on the southern pole, there's nothing. But around okay. the area in the southern sky that's near the southern pole is a constellation that is huge. I mean, massive. And just kind of like slowly rotates around that southern pole. And that constellation is Hydra. Nope, did I lose you? Nope, oh, there you are. Okay, yeah, I don't know what happened. Not sure. Where did I cut out? Yeah. Uh, you cut out, man. Uh, 
I got so flustered. Now I'm having problems remembering what you were just saying. What were you just saying? Just start at the top of your last thought. So at the north, uh, at the north, yes. we have the North Pole and the North Star, which is a guiding light for ships, has been for eons. Um, on the other side, we have no South Star. Um, we have an, basically a, a void there. And near the southern near the southern pole anyways there's a constellation that revolves around the southern pole that's quite large that's called hydra and it is the multi-headed serpent so okay. i think it directly correlates to what we're talking about where we have a true north but we do not have a true south it is something that's ever swirling and changing around that area, but there's no technical bottom. Okay, yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, well, to me, that speaks to, like, uh, uh, magnetic permeability and mm -hmm. uh, what would you call like, the sun and the moon. In my mind, the moon's a big magnet and the sun's a big electron or something, and it's just firing and and that's what makes gravity i don't know i have very basic ways of describing these things but so uh dang it what were you just saying with uh say your last point again um so that's why we have like um the light the from the north but we have okay. no real bottom at the south right so maybe it's just like the sun and the moon in a way um now that sounds like a toroid field to me too. Like, mm -hmm. I keep going off on these weird tangents, but if the Earth, maybe it's not one shape all the time. Maybe it contracts and expands. Maybe it's like us; it breathes. Maybe it's a living thing. Uh, and you know, like for instance, we're we don't look the same as the day we were born. Why would the Earth be different? Our rabbits aren't different. Uh, wasps aren't different. Whatever. Um. So maybe, maybe the North Pole and the South Pole are the in and out of the of a toroid field, mm -hmm. and maybe somewhere in there is that division for the demiurge and the like, the true light or the um, Christ consciousness, all that stuff, right? So how can we, how can we spot? Uh, stuff from down here because sometimes. Down here is pretty good at making you think. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's it's absolutely a good question only... because we are in we are in the murky waters, right? Like we have to be very logically discerning, especially when it comes to things like theology, um, because we are in an area where light can be easily bent and truth can be obscured yeah. easily. Right. Okay. So. I'm gonna to try to tie this in. There's there's a, a, a thought in Buddhism that says like, basically, the physical is the causal reality, and the spiritual world is the effect. Hmm. Um, I mean, in relation to us, right? Yeah. Not not like speaking for God or and and Jesus and all that stuff. Um, obviously, I'm not putting myself on that level, but I'm saying for a human that kind of makes sense now i think intuition plays into that somewhere and i'm trying to find words to 
say what I'm thinking, but I can't really seem to find them. Is that is that maybe how we tell? Um, I would say that intuition can definitely be a factor um, in trying to tell, but I also think that we need to use logic and yeah. prophecy for revelation um, because there are some things where your gut might be off, but you know, most of the time we'll be right, but might be off in this case. And especially when we're talking about things like this, it can be very dangerous to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Big consequences. Yeah. Big consequences. So it's always something that you should look at heavily um, and take it with a grain of salt. Um, yeah. Especially if you want to study things like uh, Gnostic texts or um, things that you have never before had in your faith. Yeah, and I try to I try to look honestly, and I'm, I'm including my own life and all of my experiences and all the experiences I will have in this. I just try to look at everything as a metaphor or like an archetype. Mm -hmm. And no, I mean, maybe this is a... Uh, a coward no I want to say coward but like I'm just making sure I have all my bases covered I'm just a good person and I live my values and like I don't know I'm my intuition is pretty good but I've I've had a wild life I've had a wild life and I've made some dumb decisions and like um, I'm not going to say I pick one religion but it seems to me the more I study they're all or most of them are telling the same basic story and uh just gotta be a good person you know what i'm saying that is and like that is the basic story of most um most religions that at the end of we'll either say the world or your life um there will be a judgment that will either yeah. that will weigh your heart um right either from the egyptian from the abrahamic from the vedic um, with the feather and the scale, yeah. Yeah, so there is this judgment that comes about. And I think that's, again, why, well, personally, I am a Christian, um, is because Jesus did the work for me. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I don't have to worry about that judgment. Right, right. I can dig that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I get that. But I just try to make sure even if I were judged, I think I'd be all right. I think I would. I mean, I don't have any. I'm a cat hoarder, and I have way too much lumber in my backyard. And sometimes I don't mow my yard. But if I see someone on the side of the road, I will stop every time. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think that. Unfortunately, one issue I have with most religions is that why does there have to be a punishment for you to be a good person? Mm. I just think you should just be helping. Gotcha. I mean, not even for karma. I'm not even talking about karma. I'm just saying just be helping to be helping. I mean, mm -hmm. what else? You don't have anything else going on. You got to maybe you got to be at work. But I'll be late for that. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, I actually want to go back. I want to go to uh, C.S. Lewis here for a second. So in the Chronicles of Narnia, I'm uh, not sure if you yeah. read it or not. Um, Absolutely. At the end, at the last battle, um, 
after they are tossed through the um, cabin door or the, the the stable door, that's what it is. It's a stable door. Um, they meet uh, the kings and queens of Narnia meet a um, a citizen from Tashban who was in the army there. I vaguely remember this, but you're gonna have to definitely give me the story. So the the guy from Tashban. Um, who's basically worshipped um, Tosh, which was the um, evil bird god in right. the Narnia series. Um, and this person was still in heaven with the kings and queens of Narnia. And when they're talking to Aslan, the, the Jesus figure, um, yeah, he says, I do not know you, sir. And he says... You do know me. Every good deed that you had came from me, and every evil thing is is towards him. So when you did good, you yeah. did it for me, and when you do evil, you do it for him. Yeah, and it's, I know you're talking. Yeah, I think that that is a very true statement because there are those who seek good, and there are those who do not care. Yeah, yeah, or that almighty dollar. Like I could care. I mean, the labor is what's real to me. Like you can, what? There's nothing back in that piece of paper. But if I put my heart and work into something, that means something to me. Yep. Um, no, I, I see what you're saying. I, but I remember, I saw that. But I also took that as like the duality of man. I think that, unfor, I don't know if it's unfortunately or fortunately, but like my shadow work or whatever, my my flaws or that. I just, I'm bad on myself. Like I've made horrible decisions to affect my, my path and my, my way forward. But I've never, I can honestly say I've never drug anyone down with me, but like I, I've been pretty crappy on myself in the past. Yeah. I'm only 33, but I have a wild life. And, uh, I don't know. I think may, you know what? I would like to meet wherever those negative decisions were. If, if I could, meet that physical entity i would love to because that thing has some questions to answer for um and i think that i think i'm a strong enough force of good to be able to stand there and look that thing in the eyes um i don't have any regrets i don't have anything to hide bring it on i mean but unfortunately it's just not that easy it will affect everything in your reality to make you so, let me ask you this this just came to me when it does affect your reality, is it, is it your power it's taking from you when it kind of switches you? Is it like, if you think of it as some kind of power source where there's good and evil and a percentage, if it's 70%, 30% and you go here, is it 71 and 29 now? Is that kind of how it works? Um, I would say that it is... I want to go with the 50-50 for humanity. Okay. Um, pretty much yeah. pretty much split down the middle. Um, I'd, I'd put that, yeah. As to angels, um, things like that, I couldn't exactly speak. Um, like the Book of Enoch says that a third of the angels was were cast down. Um, right. So that could be that so percentage. Um but I don't know if I would say that there's a distinct percentage of things that occur. 
Um, I, I really see it as more of an infinite lake that you can rise or fall in. Yeah, I like that. I just put a picture in my head. Yeah, okay. Like your density, mm-hmm. uh, your uh, spirit. Yeah, the, yeah. The lighter you are, the more you will rise, and the darker yeah. you are, the more you will fall. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that, speaking of angels, right, this is going to kind of be on, in left field. I think I told you I kind of wanted to talk about this. So, like, mm-hmm. do you have any personal experiences with anything you call an angel? Um, I have had one experience in my life. Um, the entity did not name themselves. I'm pretty sure it was Jesus. That's rad. That's crazy. Hell yeah. So what, what happened? Tell me that story. So I was 14, almost 15. I went to lay down in my bed and I laid down. Normally takes me like 15, 30 minutes to go to sleep. Um, almost instantly I was in a place by myself and another being that was there. Uh, there was nothing else. Um, that being was a man that stood so tall I could only see his shins. And Whoa. was pure white. Um, and that purity made me feel like I was a discolored slug that just got, that just came out from a rock that had been overturned. Okay, so like it was like a clean versus dirty type thing. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then I got told, read the New Testament in a voice that kind of shook my head. And then it was over and I sat, I was found myself knees down on my bed trying to dig through my covers. And I just laid on my side and cried for a while. That's wild. You know, you, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't understand that type of stuff. I have goosebumps right now. Like, I have anyone who's had an experience like that. It's something else. Like, when you say you hear a, you heard a voice, right? You know what your inner voice It doesn't come from the same place that you hear. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> people, people like to be like, oh, that's in your head. No, it wasn't because it came from my ears. <laughs> It shook my being. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. I got in a car wreck not too long ago, and I I woke up to a gentleman, we'll call him a gentleman, standing right outside my window. I don't know how to explain it, but he helped me get unbuckled from outside the car. He helped me get unbuckled. He had a fire extinguisher. My engine was on fire. Um, he basically just kind of looking at me. I somehow got myself out of the car and then he said you know you need to call someone you need to call your mom and i was like i don't even know english right now in my head i was like i don't huh and he he reached my cell phone was way off under my driver's seat he just reached under there immediately grabbed it pulled it out and dialed my mom's number and all but gave her freaking latitude and longitude to where i was and uh then he just disappeared he just straight up, I mean, he sat with me until and the police were pulling up and they were flashing lights. And then he was just gone. I mean, he didn't walk to a vehicle. 
and drive off. He was just gone. And my mom, my mom talked to him on the phone for a minute, like long enough to figure out where I was. And he was just gone. I don't think I should, I would have lived through that. My, my last thought right before I hit that, because I swerved to avoid someone pulling into me Mm -hmm. and and this side was slowing down and I couldn't tell. So I clipped this truck and it flipped and I went into the ditch. First of all, I didn't pull that wheel. I didn't. The last thought I have is not now. That's all I heard. Not now. And then I just, this wheel, it just pulled to the left. And if I would have hit that thing where I would have hit it, there was a kid in that passenger seat. That kid would have died. And everyone was totally fine. Everyone in the vehicle. But like, had I hit there, yeah. and I was only going 30 miles an hour, yeah, but just the trajectory. Confidence. Yeah. Like, and it all happened in a fraction of a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I have it broken down into, you know, a hundred parts of my mind and it, there was definitely something intervening. I definitely didn't make all those choices in part of a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. And yeah. Yeah, there's definitely someone watching out for you. You know, and I wasn't... I was kind of into spirituality stuff a little bit before this, but after this happened, and I had to take like a month off work because I had some broken ribs and stuff, mm-hmm. I just dove in. Like, that. that experience just changed my life. Because I have no explanation for it. I have no explanation. Mm-hmm. Any, it was any experience like that will will change your life and make you, seek, make you seek the unknown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that I think you're absolutely right with the light coming from here, and the, you know, I think something that there's just a lot of weird things that went on all day before that wreck. Like I kept almost falling asleep at work out of nowhere and I almost left early, but I didn't. And then I almost did, but I didn't. Mm. And then I got the wreck. (laughs) It's like something was trying to say, go home now. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. We need to listen to those little voices. (laughs) Yeah. I will never, that was a very specific gut feeling. I will never ignore again. (laughs) That's true enough. So I think that you're absolutely right that, and even thinking about like a, a table, like our reality is a table and a magnet under it and this beautiful light coming from above and the electricity, this thing's able to manipulate small amounts of it, but not the entire picture. That that speaks to that can't, can't break your free will, right? Because God gives us that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And nothing can take that from us, but it can sure like chess pieces on a chessboard to kind of kind of rearrange things to make you want to. Mm -hmm. But I think that we just need to figure out how to, how to ignore what's going on down here and just look at that light. Yeah, that's true enough. I'm going to go with one more CS Lewis quote and then I'll be done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I really like this one. He says, there are two types of people in the world. Those who will follow God's will and those who God says to them, okay, then have it your way. Oh wow, that's heavy. That's heavy. I, I really that's like, like that quote, though. Yeah, that's like either path of less resistance, or do you really want to try me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can do it. You, you like there, there are consequences oh, yeah. for your actions, but you can do it. 
For sure. The funniest part of that is, you know, these things have been trying that for thousands and or millions or whatever of years. And he's basically like, yeah, go ahead. Have it your way. You've seen this play out how many times? <laughs> yeah, it's too true. That's funny. Heck yeah, I like that. All right. Well, thank you again for talking with me, Jared. I think we had a good yeah. episode here. Yeah, that was fun. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day.